Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. WOGL HD3 Philadelphia from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios where relationships matter always live on the free Odyssey app the revolution will be broadcast this is the next generation of talk now on talk radio 1210 WPHT Rich Zioli well, Pennsylvania Governor Josh Shapiro has announced an election security task force to be headed up by Al Schmidt, a Republican. What could possibly go wrong as we head into the 2024 must-win election for Pennsylvania? Welcome to the show. Glad you're here today. 855-839-1210. President Donald Trump, former President Donald Trump, has just arrived at the border a few moments ago. Joe Biden at the border in front of Razor Wire where there's no people and uh, getting a lot of blowback from the Border Patrol Union because, hey, they weren't invited to participate. And also, uh, there's no nothing to see where Biden's going. There's nothing to see. This comes as a majority of Americans now say they support construction of a border wall. For the first time ever in a major poll, majority of Americans now favor the construction of a border wall for the first time ever. Look at that. Amazing how things change, right? The narrative of uh, Trump being a big old meanie pants and trying to keep people out and, you know, hating people and all that. That was what they tried in 2016. Well, the Monmouth University poll has started asking that question. They started asking that question back in 2015. And, you know, should there be a border wall built? And the survey was released yesterday and it said 53 percent said they favor finishing construction on a border wall amid a spike in crossings, while 46% said they opposed it. Over 60% also identified illegal immigration as a very serious problem for the United States. Most of the people who are in that 46% who said they are opposed, they are, um, what's the word for it? Uh, Lying. They're lying. They want one. They do want a wall. They know that it'll work. They probably have fences at their house and security systems and locks on their doors. Um, But they don't want to admit it. They don't want to say that because they're afraid of being called a a racist or something like that. So, no, everybody understands the 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 crisis now. That's the key point. 
The only people that don't are the extreme, extreme lunatics on the left, which is most of the Democrat Party right now, sadly. I mean, the party's just gone completely nuts. Ilan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, having protests today outside the Capitol building, basically calling Israel genocide, going on and on about that. So I'll bring you all that today. We got a lot to chat about, a lot to get to. And um, in case you're wondering, you know, what's going to happen in the uh, craziness of the impeachment of Alejandro Mayorkas, Mayorkas does not seem to be concerned. And quite frankly, there's no chance he's going to be removed in the Senate. And this is part of the problem of the Mitch McConnell slash whoever takes over for Mitch McConnell wing of the Republican Party. Because let's face it, it's going to probably wind up being John Cornyn. And John Cornyn is a, well, let's put it this way. The, the gun owners of America group and several other Second Amendment groups have already come out and said, no, hell no to John Cornyn. Hell no. We don't want John Cornyn, which is good. Because John Cornyn is just another Mitch McConnell. He really is. He's another Mitch McConnell. My personal two choices, I told you I'd love to see either Rand Paul or Mike Lee in there. But the problem is that there are not enough conservatives, I mean, true conservatives in this Senate for them to win. You just have, you have too many Lisa Murkowskis and Susan Collins and Mitt Romney. Romney today came out again and said, I'm not going to play the clip. I don't want to bore you with it. But he said under no circumstances would he vote for Donald Trump over Joe Biden. You believe that the 2020 Republican nominee, Mitch, Mitt Romney, no circumstances, as bad as everything is, he still won't vote for Donald Trump. That's the kind of guy that Mitt Romney is. What a team player. huh? And he calls himself a Republican. So he's going to go with more of the same big, you know, spending Republican, pro-Ukraine Republican. And that's who he's going to back. And that's the way it's going to go. Unfortunately, the good news, though, is that the dichotomy that exists between Swamp Republicans and Republican voters could never be more clear, could never be more clear. And you see that being played out in the primaries where Donald Trump is just crushing it, obviously crushing it with these primaries. I mean, if if the. If most Republican primary voters were like the mindset of the Senate Republicans, Nikki Haley would be the nominee. Nikki Haley would be well on her way to winning the nomination and Donald Trump would be out. And I know that there's many people in the media, the corporate media and within the Republican establishment who lament that fact. You know, the adult in the room, Mitch McConnell, the adult in the room, there's no more adults anymore. What they mean by that is there's no more people who are going to put America last and Ukraine first. And that's really what the problem is for them. The problem for them is that is that you don't have these Republicans actually care about the conservatives and Republican voters in the primaries care about America and the swamp rats in D.C. They care about Ukraine. That's the difference. And there was this amazing story from the uh, Washington Post. I love this. I really do. Uh, Alabama tensions show how Republicans reversed support on Ukraine support. The far right wing Washington Post. And what's amazing about this is that it shows everything that I've been telling you about the dichotomy that exists between the Republican establishment and the average Republican primary voters who are out there on the streets, okay? What they're talking about here is that you had a number of people in, let's take Alabama, red red Republican Alabama, for the most part. And they write this story, they say, in the early days, long before Russia's war entered its third year, drivers honked and smiled when Talia Resnick stood by the roadside holding her handmade sign, Support Ukraine. 
Then one afternoon in November, a man lowered his truck window and flipped her off. She might have dismissed it as a fluke if, a few weeks later, another man hadn't approached her booth in a Trader Joe's parking lot and asked, haven't we given you enough money? The hostility shocked me, she said. Whose late, her late father was Ukrainian. I felt it then. I felt it the shift. She had been trying to collect a couple hundred dollars for food and medicine, food and medicine, yet somewhere along the way, even a stay-at-home mom's little charity effort outside a northern Alabama grocery store became mired in another American culture clash. Well, there's two, two points on that. Number one, I don't know about you, but I, I really can't stand when people are trying to hit me up for money as I walk into a store. I don't like it. I just don't like it. I don't like it. That's number one. That's my first beef with it. I got to go in and spend a ton of money on groceries. I never have cash on me. And, and I always feel guilty whenever there's people. Girl Scout, they're always selling Girl Scout cookies. And I, you know, and I feel guilty because I don't have any cash on me. And I just don't like it. I don't like it in general. And I think most people don't like it in general. It's like when you're checking out and they ask you, you know, do you want to donate money to this cause or that cause? And you know, eventually you just go, enough is enough already. Like, like enough. But there's something else with Ukraine versus Girl Scout cookies, which is that my tax dollars have been going to Ukraine for years in, to the tune of like $100 billion. And now they want to give another $60 billion of my tax dollars to Ukraine. And so now you've got this woman with her little charity and people are turning around going, hey, my taxes are the charity. My tax dollars are the charity that's going to Ukraine. What do I got to keep giving you money for? But the Washington Post sees it in a much more um, myopic viewpoint which is that that little rejection of this woman who was sitting outside the store, our Trader Joe's stand, trying to raise money for Ukraine, is a show of where Americans have shifted now in far-right places, as they view Ukraine now as mostly a liberal cause. You know what it is? It's not that it's mostly a liberal cause. It's mostly a globalist, power-hungry establishment, military-industrial complex cause, because there are plenty of Republicans who are backing it. Again, Mitch McConnell said the biggest priority for him is funding Ukraine. It's not America. It's not securing the southern border. It's funding Ukraine. And he said that on multiple occasions. To many Republicans here and across the country, support Ukraine is now a liberal cause, a costly diversion from more pressing domestic issues such as securing the southern border. Is that a liberal cause or is that just a common sense rejection of of lack of common sense? Some think European allies should bear the responsibility for stopping Vladimir Putin's takeover. Casting Kiev's potential ruin is not America's problem. Well, guess what? It probably isn't America's problem since we are not in Europe. And if the Europeans are really that worried, why doesn't Europe step up? Maybe it's because Europe's not that worried. Honestly, maybe that's the case. You know, maybe if you just really thought about that for a second, if Europe was so worried that Putin was going to roll past Ukraine and then start invading Europe, why wouldn't they step up and try to stop them now? But they're not. Everything is falling on our shoulders again. And Americans are turning around going, U- U- Ukraine's not even on our continent. Why are, we, why are we spending all this money on this conflict? But even more so, why are we prioritizing that over everything else that we're supposed to be doing, like securing the southern border, for example? I mean, Biden and Mayorkas right now are visiting the southern border. It's, this is a photo up on TV right now. Biden's got a... Um, baseball cap on he's shaking hands with border patrol and shaking hands with local sheriffs and there's nothing to see here brownsville texas there's nothing to see in fact fox news went to brownsville and interviewed a bunch of a bunch of residents there and they all said the same thing he's going to the wrong place that's what the border patrol president said too 
Brandon Judd. He said, Biden's going to the wrong place. There's nothing to see where he's going. And that's the point, though. They want to show you that there's really no crisis. They're trying to they're trying to convince you that really there's nothing to see here. This is just far right wing propaganda. You know, it's just the propaganda from talk radio and Fox News. And you can see clearly there's nothing but 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 trees and 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 no one crossing illegally when the president of the United States is right there. Nobody's coming through. They're literally at a place right now where there's barbed wire to keep people from crossing, even as the administration right now is trying to take down barbed wire, razor wire. But that's where they are. They're at a place right now where people can't cross illegally because of razor wire. And that's where this little photo op little stunt is taking place at the moment. Now, in Alabama, the senator there is Tommy Tuberville. And he claimed this month, without evidence, the uh, Washington Post says, that U.S. tax dollars meant to help Ukrainian forces have vanished in an enormous theft. Then he slammed Ukraine as one of the most blatantly, notoriously corrupt places in the world. See, it shows you what a disgrace the Washington Post is, because the Washington Post actually had a story, I don't know, a month ago, how $40 million of money earmarked for Ukraine aid disappeared. Just poof, gone. And that wasn't just the only money that disappeared, but it's just that they wrote that story. And now they're writing it and saying that Tommy Tuberville saying without evidence that Ukrainian forces have uh, the money meant for them has vanished. Well, you guys wrote about it. So maybe that's the evidence, unless you're calling yourselves fake news, which is which you are. I mean, there's no doubt about that. It's a far cry from the display of unity two years ago when Putin launches invasion and politicians from both sides of the aisle scramble to arm Kiev. Billions of aid dollars flow through the city. Huntsville, a defense industri- industry hub with an army base, once local officials called the center of gravity for supporting the Ukrainians. But guess what happened? As time went on and time went on and time went on. Uh, we just kept writing more checks. I mean, everybody who at the time of the invasion said, we hope Ukraine wins, didn't realize it was going to cost them $120 billion of American tax dollars. I mean, you could, you could root for Ukraine. Does it, does it mean you have to pay for it? Does it mean you have to pay for their effort? You could, you, could, you could be on Team Ukraine. It doesn't mean you have to be pulling out the checkbook, though. But that's the problem, is that if, unless you want the money to go to Ukraine, then you're Team Putin. That's it. Very simply right there. That's how they break it down. That's how the corporate media breaks it down, and the left breaks it down, too, and the establishment Republicans break it down, too. You could be like rah-rah Ukraine. You could, you, could, you could wake up every day going, I hope Ukraine wins this thing. You could do prayers around the dinner table. I hope Ukraine wins. But unless you're for sending another $60 billion there, you're actually on Team Putin. You're actually pro-Putin, and you want Putin to win. This is the uh, catch-22 that they've put the American people in. And so the American people have turned around and said, all right, well, if that's the case, then, you know, good luck, Ukraine. I mean, best, have at it. Good, be, best of luck. But we need that money to secure our border. We need that money for other things in America. We shouldn't be bailing out Ukrainian farmers and paying the pensions of Ukrainian uh, factory workers when we've got factory workers in America who can barely make ends meet right now. We've got a pension crisis in our own country, and yet we're bailing out the pensions of Ukrainian factory workers, among other workers. So, I mean, you don't have to be a genius to see why people are turning around and going, "Um, yeah, this is not exactly in line with the America first concept. The other problem here is that it's been three years and we still have no plan. We have no plan. Where's this going? Where does this go? Where does this end? Does it end? Does it ever end? We just keep sending money for years and years and years. Putin is not going anywhere. The Russian army is not going anywhere and time's on their side. So 
Three years later, we have not even had a congressional vote to authorize any sort of military action in any way, shape, or form to formally declare that a proxy war exists between the United States and Russia. All they do is just pass supplemental spending bills that put more money into the hands of Ukrainians. And it's the second most corrupt country in the world behind Russia. And that evidence is very clear for everybody to see. But the problem is that you've got a lot of Republicans in Congress who want to see Ukraine get the money. They want to see the Ukraine get the money because they are part of the swamp. And the swamp is the reason why they're able to go to all those fancy dinners in Washington and drink all that nice, expensive wine and eat steak. Oh, by the way, speaking of steak, the New York Attorney General, Letitia James, since she's not done persecuting people that she has no authority to persecute, is now going after big meat. Right. Different than the big meat that Funny Willis went after in Georgia. This big meat is actually the meat industrial complex. She's going after one of the nation's largest meat producers, arguing that their carbon footprint is too big. I told you the left wants to eradicate agriculture. They want us all eating bugs. Not a conspiracy theory. It's true. It's what they want. I'll get into that story in a moment. But they write in this uh, Washington Post story, they say such resistance has become increasingly popular among right leaning voters, according to a December poll from the Pew Research Center. Nearly half of Republicans said the United States, Kiev's single largest defense backer to date, is providing too much aid to Ukraine. Resnick blames the shift on former President Donald Trump, who has expressed admiration for Putin, criticized Ukrainian leader Vladimir Zelensky, and declined to say which side should win the war. At a rally this month, Trump said he would let the Russians do whatever the hell they want to NATO allies that didn't spend enough on defense. See how they twist all these words, too, to try to accomplish their narrative, which is to say that Putin is actually trying to make sure that, or that Trump is trying to make sure that Putin wins because he's his buddy his little buddy. And uh, Lindsey Graham, Lindsey Graham got booed in South Carolina and Trump was up there going, no, 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 stop, 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 stop. But Lindsey Graham is one of the biggest leaders, of course, turning around and saying the United States needs to do more to support Ukraine. And that's why he got booed. I mean, if the Republican voters were on the side of spending more money on Ukraine, Trump would not be winning the primary right now. Nikki Haley would. Because she's all in on this. But the problem becomes that you and I, we can't have intelligent conversations anymore. We can't have nice things. Can't have nice things. Because if you actually have a conversation about this and turn around and say, you know what? How about this? How about no more money for Ukraine until Congress passes a resolution saying that they are all in on stopping Putin no matter what it takes, even if that means U.S. forces, whatever, because he's such an existential threat. If he defeats Ukraine, he's going to roll into Europe and then we're going to be fighting him and it's World War Three. So we are going to pass this resolution. We're going to debate on it and pass a formal resolution as per Article one of the Constitution. And then the American people can weigh in. And then we are we are we are determined to defeat Vladimir Putin. Why doesn't Congress do that, you ask yourself? Well, you know the answer. Why? Because they know that that argument that Putin's going to roll into Europe and conquer Europe next is a bunch of BS. It's a talking point designed to get you to to be okay with all the money they're spending on Ukraine. Because where is that money coming back? It's coming back to the military industrial complex. I mean, I played you clips the last several days and last week. And what what were those clips telling you? All these people from the ambassador to Ukraine 
to Democrat members of Congress going on about how that money's really not going to Ukraine. It's going to uh, to build tanks in Michigan and bullets in Pennsylvania and and Jeeps. And, and, you know, they go on and on about admitting that the money is going right into the hands of the United States defense industrial complex. And the defense industrial complex has lots of lobbyists and lots of lawyers in D.C. who are all making sure that that money continues to flow into their industry. It's basically a government bailout of their industry is what it is. But they don't need a bailout. They're doing just fine. But you can't have these conversations because immediately stupid people turn around and say, oh, you're pro-Putin. Oh, comrade, you just want Russia to win, don't you? That's what it is. You don't really care about the border and you don't care about all this American money going over there. You just want Putin to win. Why would I want Putin to win? Why do I care? I mean, honestly, that's the thing. Why do I care if Putin wins? Why do I care if Putin loses? I don't know. They have not articulated to me in a convincing manner why I, as an American, should really be invested in this three years later after billions and billions and billions and billions and billions more that they want to spend is sent to Ukraine. What, why am I supposed to care about this? Explain it to me. Expl- I mean, there's, there's wars all over the world right now. There's conflict that's, that breaks out every day and there's conflicts going on as we speak. So why am I supposed to be so heavily invested in this? Make the argument for me. And Congress won't do that. Congress won't do that because if they did that, then the reality is what would also come out is the fact that Ukraine can't win unless the American military were to get involved and NATO were to get involved and it would turn into World War III. That's the bottom line. And, and the minute that the American people wake up to that fact, the American people are going to say, no, we, we just got out of a 20-year war in terror. We do not want World War III. We can't get involved in this. And so, no, Europe's going to have to deal with it. Ukraine's going to have to deal with it. And that's just the way it is. If you actually had a debate in Congress and you had members of Congress who stood up and said, my resolution will authorize the United States to do anything and everything it takes to stop Putin, including military action, because that's the only way we're really going to stop him since Ukraine can't win this war on its own. The American people overwhelmingly would say, hell no, hell no. I don't want my sons, my daughters going over there and fighting in another European conflict. And so then they invoke Hitler and they bring up Hitler and they go, well, you know, that's what they said in the 1930s. It's not the same thing. And, you know, it's not the same thing, because unlike in the 1930s, Europe is well prepared to defend itself, although it may not be as well prepared to defend itself as it should be, because it's been relying on the United States of America all these years to defend itself, to defend Europe. And so so if you told the American people tomorrow, listen, what we're going to do is we are going to do whatever it takes to beat Putin. Whatever it takes. If that means we got to put boots on the ground, boots on the ground. Because otherwise, Poland's next. And then France. And it just domino effect. Bob, I mean, how many times have we heard this before, right? Overwhelmingly, the American people would say, absolutely not. That's why there's no debate on this in Congress. That's why there's no debate. They're not allowed to have the debate. Instead, it's just a matter of, you have to stand up and just write checks and that's the end of it. And no plan, no idea how long it could take years, could take decades, could be forever. It doesn't matter. You have to be in support of sending them money, whether it works or not, or you're pro Putin. That's what we've come down to in the stupidity of our modern political discourse. It's either that or you're pro Putin. 
And people see through this crap. You know what I mean? They see through this crap. Like one woman who says, who gets interviewed in the article, she's 64 years old. And she says, we shouldn't be in Ukraine when our own borders aren't closed. We should worry about our own country, about the cartels. And then they write this. Her favorite media personalities, Glenn Beck, a conservative radio host, and Mike Lindell, chief executive of MyPillow, hammered the topic relentlessly. And at some point, the woman had grown suspicious of anything to do with Ukraine. Yes, she knew the aid money was an economic boon for Huntsville and the thousands of workers here who design, assemble, and ship out military weapons. But we could redirect that money, she said, to the invasion on our own border. Where had all those aid dollars gone anyway? She could see no impact. Well, where is the impact? What is the impact? Are we just delaying the inevitable with all this money? I mean, these are the conversations that should be playing out in Congress right now. Instead, they're being played out in the pages of the Washington Post by 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 voters. And and the electorate is turning around and going, um, we've already given them a ton of cash and it seems like we got to keep giving them more. So how long do we just keep giving them money? How how long? And if the average person on the street is thinking that, then it's not a matter of a pro-Russian argument. It's a pro-American argument of people turning around and saying, uh, you know, we've got a lot of problems here in our own country. And if we're if the money we're sending is not actually going to help Ukraine win because they're not winning and it's not going to help them win because they keep needing more of it. Maybe at some point we got to just as they as they say, you know, fish or cut bait here. Maybe we just got to call it a day, wish him the best and hope it all works out. But how long are we on the hook for? That is the big story of the day today brought to you by my buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria, VenariaDental.com, V-A-N-A-R-I-A, VenariaDental.com. Go see him today for your perfect smile. All right, we got a lot to chat about today. Trump is touring the southern border right now with the Texas governor. We got some uh, live audio of that. We'll grab it for you and a lot to chat about. Uh, Keep the conversation going on Twitter today at Rich Zioli. Don't go away. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Be sure to follow Talk Radio 1210 WPHT on the free Odyssey app. Download it now. She packed my bags last night, free flight. Zero hour, 9 a.m. And I'm gonna be high as a kite by then. I miss the earth so much. 
All right, welcome back. It is a busy day. Biden and Trump are both down at the border and they're both set to speak during their border visits. We'll bring it to you live so you won't miss a thing, of course. 855-839-1210. Let me just play a little audio, though, as a uh, as a tease up to that point, because I think it's important to know. First of all, here is uh, let me go to the clips I sent you, Matt. The um, I got two clips from Brandon Judd. The first one says Biden didn't even bother to reach out and invite them. The Border Patrol Union president, because he knows that he's not supporting Biden and he knows he would give Biden a hard time because they're actually concerned about the truth. So uh, wasn't even invited. Take a listen. President Biden going to Brownsville. Did the Border Patrol Union ever get any outreach or invitation from the White House about that visit? Not at all. And I didn't expect it. He's not going to listen to voices of reason. He's not going to listen to people that are going to tell him what he actually needs to secure the border, the programs, the operations, the policies. He doesn't want to hear any of that. And if he would have invited me, that's exactly what I would have said. President Biden going to Brownsville. And he also continued and said um, the reason why people are so upset about Biden's visit. And this is the key here. It's all optics. Take a listen. What we expected, and the reason why Border Patrol agents are so upset about this visit is because he's not going to any location where he's going to be able to evaluate what he needs to do. What are the policies? What are the programs that need to go into place? And he's not going to be able to do that in Brownsville. If he would have went to San Diego, if he would have went to Tucson, if he would have come out here to Eagle Pass, if he would have went to the tribal locations, um, he would have been able to get get a little bit uh, more understanding and evaluate the situation to come up with it. He's not going to do that. He can't do that. He's repeatedly said that he doesn't have executive authority to control this. And if he turned around and he did something today, then everybody would would recognize that the past three years are all on him. What we- do you remember um, yesterday during the show, the last hour of the show, I played you the clips of the mayor in, or the, the, um, yeah, the mayor in Athens, Georgia where Lake and Riley, she lived, she's the young woman who was murdered by that illegal immigrant who should have been deported. Here's a little bit of a flashback clip for you. This is the Athens-Clark County Sheriff who campaigned on this position of making sure that the county would be a sanctuary county. And this is a little flashback from several years ago when he was running for sheriff, vowing to not cooperate with ICE. Take a listen. So I was wondering what your opinion was on ICE detainers and if you would comply with them as sheriff if you are elected. Okay, so it, it is not my intention when elected sheriff to cooperate with those detainers. I see it as the sheriff's responsibility, any law enforcement, to protect and serve the community. And that's everybody in the Athens-Clark County community because this is the office that I'm running for. Uh, we can't help with a culture of fear in the community and expect the citizens to respond and help us in situations because the fact is that a lot of law enforcement is based around community support. In a little close to home here in uh, Lancaster County, Lancaster City Council last night unanimously passed the Lancaster Trust Act that officially terminates the city's cooperation with the United States Immigration and Customs Enforcement other than when court orders or certain crimes are involved. And Dave McCormick will be on the show tomorrow. He's running for the United States Senate. Condemned that decision, obviously. Um, A number of local politicians also came out and they put out a statement. They said, quote, it is appalling that they would make this decision just five days after an innocent 22-year-old student was murdered in Georgia at the hands of a violent illegal immigrant 
who is only allowed to be in this country due to a dangerously lax immigration policy like what Lancaster City Council just approved yesterday. It is worth noting that the murderer had previously been arrested for another crime and subsequently released by authorities in New York prior to killing his victim. Additionally, we know that weak border security creates an easy avenue for cartels to force more innocent people, including children, into human trafficking. Just this week, the vice president of the National Border Patrol Council warned human trafficking could become as big as fentanyl in the United States through increased illegal immigration. You know, last week I had a conversation at CPAC with Tanya Gold. Tanya is a survivor of uh, trafficking, and she talked about this in great detail with me. If you missed that, it's a podcast for you. Check out the podcast. We had a really great conversation. She now works in the Virginia Attorney General's office trying to combat human trafficking. But the fact that a local government body in our area would do this now, at this moment in time, to become a sanctuary city in the middle of everything that we're watching shows you that you still have a lot of lunatics out there in the Democrat Party that they just do not. They don't they don't get it. I mean, even Eric Adams, the mayor of of New York, came out and said the other day, we got to reverse these policies that don't allow us to deport these illegal immigrants who commit crimes. When we talk about sanctuary cities, what we're talking about here is we're talking about people who are being held in jail. We're talking about criminals. We're talking about people who are who are in jail, who there's an ICE detainer for them. And the reason why ICE knows they're there is because they're in the system. And ICE says, hey, we want that guy. And then the local officials turn around and say, we're not turning him over to you. He's a criminal. He's in our jail and you want him, but we're not going to give him to you because you might deport him. It's insane, but we're talking about criminals here. What, how does anybody think that that's good policy? That's what I want to know. How does anybody think that that's good policy? Here's a um, little flashback to 2021. In case you're wondering, you know, Joe Biden keeps whining that he doesn't have the executive authority he needs to be able to do something about the border. Well, back in 2021, Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas bragged about rescinding too many Trump immigration policies to list. It was a September interview with MSNBC's Nicole Wallace bragging about all they had done to rescind Trump's immigration policies designed to strengthen the southern border, strengthen our security on the southern border. He's bragging about it. Cut three. And I'd like to understand from you what Trump era immigration policies have been banned, ended, reversed, and if any investigations are underway by you. Uh, So we have rescinded so many uh, Trump immigration policies, it would take so much time to list them. Yeah, it would take too many time to list all the things we've done to open up our border and make it wide open for anyone who wants to cross it illegally. On Wednesday's broadcast of News Nation's The Hill, Representative Henry Couillard of Texas, a Democrat, said that they need to end sanctuary cities. Got to end it immediately. But you see, he's down there. He's down. I mean, his district is, is at the border. So he's hearing from people on the ground. The reason why people like former Philadelphia Mayor Jim Kenney celebrated sanctuary cities back in the day was because the problem never showed up at their door. You know what Greg Abbott should do? He should send busloads of illegal immigrants to Lancaster City, Pennsylvania. That's what he should do. Okay, you guys want to be a sanctuary city? All right, great. Here you you go. Knock yourselves out. I'm sure in Lancaster City, it's not that big of a problem right now for them. But make it a problem. Like it's become a problem in all these cities and in, in, in other parts of the northern United States of America. And then maybe they'll have a change of heart. Just like all of the people who are on the ground 
in Texas right now because they're dealing with the border and they see it. They see it clearly with their own eyes. But when Jim Kenney did the white man's overbite and danced in the halls and sang, we are a sanctuary city, yeah, and high-fived his chief of staff, that's because he never thought the problem would ever be an issue for him. And that's how most Democrats thought about things. It's mind-boggling Lancaster City Council would approve this resolution in the year 2024. I had to check the date on the article just to see if it wasn't an old article from like 2021 or something like that. But anyway, uh, here's a Democrat Congressman Henry Couillard, cut 11. Let me ask you, Congressman, does President Biden need to go further, in your opinion? Look at the American people, talk to the American well, you know, people and say sanctuary cities need to end full stop. In my opinion, he ought to go to the border. Uh, he needs to say this is what we're facing right now. And if there's any sanctuary cities, those sanctuary cities should uh, be able to provide any information to ICE. Imagine having a situation where ICE cannot get information. It's like those people that attacked uh, the uh, the policemen. They couldn't share that information. They ended up somewhere in Arizona until they were uh, busted over there. So, again, they have to share information with ICE. But should we hear from the president on this front? Because it's one thing to put out a White House statement and say, you know what, we... We believe in this little, not little, but we believe in this specific change in policy. Should the president come out and say that this needs to end? Well, you know, the, the president needs to make that decision. But if uh, if I would be advising him, I would say definitely yes. I would say definitely yes. The answer is yes. All right, let's take a quick break so that if Trump speaks, we'll make sure we take it to you live. 855-839-1210 as we continue along the show here today. And there is an amazing sale happening at Cherry Hill Volvo this month. How about a beautiful S60 courtesy Volvo for less than $29,000? It's an incredible opportunity to experience luxury for less. These are courtesy S60s, which means they're used mostly as loaner cars or if there's a valet service. They have less than 5,000 miles on them. They're kept in exceptional, exceptional shape. And they're going right now for less than $29,000. These are fast, safe, reliable cars built at Volvo's plant in america but whether you want the s60 or a beautiful suv i just got the xc60 i picked it up the other day because i'm in the care by volvo lease program at cherry hill volvo when you do the care by volvo lease program every five months you're eligible for a new volvo or you can terminate the lease altogether or keep the one you have it includes fifteen thousand miles annually excessive wear coverage uh it includes all the maintenance and everything it's great for one low price even includes your car insurance too it's a spectacular way to have a new vehicle every five months. It's a great program. And at Cherry Hill Volvo, remember, they stand with us. We broadcast live from the Cherry Hill Volvo studios every day. We're so proud of the great partnership that we have with them. And this is a special week as well because it's Judith Krupnik's birthday week. So go say hello, wish her a happy birthday, and um, see what extra incentives they have in store for you in honor of Judith's birthday. They're right on Route 70 in Cherry Hill. They're minutes from the bridge. It's the most accessible Volvo dealership to Philly in South Jersey and the only one that stands with Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. There's no other Volvo dealership out there that, that can claim to be the, the studio sponsor of this radio station. And Judith and Yosef, the entire team, they're great people dedicated to your customer support. They're going to give you a luxury experience. Now, I love driving the XC60. It is a gorgeous, gorgeous SUV, and it is, it's is—it's got a lot of space, and it is beautiful. But maybe you want the XC90. Forget the minivan. This is the family car. This has got the third row, so you can get all the kids in there, get to your destination safe and sound. Either way, at Cherry Hill Volvo, 
You'll have an incredible experience because relationships matter. It's the Rich Seoli Show, live from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. We built this city. We built this city on rock and roll. We built this city. We built this city on rock and roll. Say you don't know me. I'll recognize my face. Say you don't Since I've won the Pennsylvania Association of Broadcasters Outstanding Afternoon Drive Show two years in a row now. <laughs> You're like the Kansas City Chiefs. The Marconi is really the only uh, award that is the great white whale that eludes me. Yeah, that one's going to be difficult to get. The Marconi. That's going to be, uh, that's like, they just give that to one person a year basically, right? Right. It's national. Yeah, it's national. So our competition heats up. Marconi. The inventor of the radio. I got to be honest, though. I never submitted a package to the Marconi Awards, though. Why would you? I don't. I never thought of it until you just mentioned it. But so far, submitting packages to award ceremonies, we're two and zero. Oh. Why don't you? Why don't you send it to them and tell them that um, you know, as an Italian, I should get the Marconi. <laughs> I'm Italian too, so maybe we get a little bonus there. Well, there you go. <laughs> Throw, give them something. <laughs> give them this. Idea. I mean, it, it can't hurt to send something to them, right? No, no. I mean, send them one of my things where I talk, where I use my bad Italian accent, for example. Do that. I don't really know how the admissions process works, if I'm being honest. Well, you could probably look it up. It's a National, Associ- National Association of Broadcasters. All right, let's find out. Marconi. My man, Marconi. Did not attend school as a child. Did not go to former higher education. He learned chemistry and, and science on his own in Florence, Firenze, in Tuscany. And um, then he created the radio, invented the radio. Isn't that something? I think he won a Nobel Prize, too. He should have. If he didn't, I should win a Nobel Prize. <laughs> it also eludes me. Should I submit a package to that as well? Why don't you send something to the Nobel Committee as well as the Marconi Committee? <laughs> Again, I guess it can't hurt. I don't, what prize? What Nobel Prize are you going after, though? I don't. They don't have a broadcasting award, as far as I know. I don't know. I, I'm, I can't believe they haven't canceled him yet because he, you know, he was a fascist. Alfred Nobel. Yeah. No. 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 Marconi. Yeah. Marconi. I know yeah. was a, a bit sympathetic to the Nazi cause, but he did apologize. Uh, 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 I think later in life, but he was a fascist. So. Alfred Nobel has a checkered past, also. Maybe maybe radio should just be canceled because of that. <laughs> Well, it might soon be. <laughs> Just gonna let that hang out there for a minute. <laughs> oh, come on now, you crazy kids. 
Uh, we're going to wait. Well, Trump's going to speak soon, and um, hopefully we'll uh, be able to bring it to you live. I don't know if I want to bring Biden to you live. I guess I should. I don't know. Only because it's probably going to be terrible. <laughs> I could talk about it. I could talk over him, I guess. Right? <laughs> yeah, but then we get people calling in complaining that they don't want to hear you. They want to hear Joe Biden's. Then I'll definitely keep doing it. If people call to complain that I'm talking over Biden, I'll definitely keep going. It's like you know two what I mean? people every time. Yeah it's, yeah, it's the same people that complain when I'm mean to you. Yeah, well, I guess they're right half the time. They're never right. That's the problem. But, yeah, we should carry Biden speaking at the border. Right? Yeah, and he's not going to speak very long. We know that. No, I think he's getting ready. Are they getting ready? No, that's, that's, a clip. that's an old clip here they're showing. They're showing B-roll of that mayor getting yelled at in Athens, Georgia, which was great. Um I do. I also have to. I have got a bunch of things too. Rachel Maddow is insane. She thinks Donald Trump's never going to leave the White House. Shocking. And uh, I have that clip for you. I also have another clip of MSNBC going on and on about how we need to do more to clamp down on freedom of speech. But before I, why don't I do this? Should I take a break and then come back just, in, just in, so we can take Trump in case he speaks? Because I think he might speak soon. All right, that's what we'll do. We'll take a quick break. We'll come right back. We'll skip We'll skip news, and then I'll just come back just in case he comes live, and we'll do that. How's that sound? Good? Good plan? Good plan? Sorry, I'm getting the thumbs up from water, Sean. But yes, that's, All right. that works. Yeah, Santa's is drinking already, so what's that, Sean? <laughs> no, I said we're crystal clear. We're good. We're crystal clear. All right, great. So don't go away. We're coming right back. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 